0: And we're gonna be at the Siren Theater and the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, where you raised by slash live and get some tickets. Join us. Do you eat artichokes the wrong way? Do you take your shoes off in airport lounges? Do you not push in your chair? Were you raised by wolves? Let's find out. Here are things I can make we It's Nick Layton.
1: And it's Leah Bonema,
0: And let's just get right down to it with our moose boosh.
1: Let's get in it.
0: So for today's moose boosh, I want to take you to 1935 New York. Oh, wow. Can you picture it? I can. So it was a frigid December morning before dawn, and the police busted into the Bronx Terminal Market with the mayor, which was Fiorella LaGuardia of airport fame, and... LaGuardia stood on the back of a flatbed truck and he unfurled a large scroll and issued a proclamation about a, quote, serious and threatening emergency happening in New York right then. And the proclamation said that the sale, display and possession of this thing is hereby prohibited. So, Leah, what was causing such a serious and threatening emergency in New York that day?
1: Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I could work this out.
0: Okay. Well, your clues are, well, I mean, I don't know what your clues are. Clues are Bronx Terminal Market, Fruit and Vegetable Market. Vegetable
1: and Fruit Vegetable, 1935.
0: 1935. Uh, so what What was the vibe in New York City then?
1: Uh, I really feel like I should know this. So
0: what was such a problem was Artichokes. And so, long story short, there was this huge extortion racket with artichokes. And the federal government and the Secret Service, they were not really paying attention to fruit markets. And so, all the local gangsters saw an opportunity to basically extort all of the people trying to bring artichokes into New York City, which were very popular with Italian immigrants at that time. And so there was like a huge market for artichokes, and all the artichokes in the United States came from California. So there was like one point of entry for all of the artichokes. And so this one crime family, the Morello crime family, who was led by Ciro Terranova, he was known as the artichoke king. Because what he did is he basically bought all the artichokes, all of them, in New York City, and he prevented any other wholesaler from doing that, and he was a little aggressive in the way he got other wholesalers not to buy artichokes. And so he had all the artichokes, which meant he could sell them for whatever he wanted, which was three times what he paid for them. So like huge markup, and this was like a huge monopoly, and this was a problem. And it was such a problem that gangsters in California were in the middle of the night with machetes cutting down artichoke plants to reduce the crop to increase prices supply and demand. And so you had like the San Mateo Sheriff's Department having to have their own posse of people with like sawed off shotguns going into the fields to try and stop the gangsters from cutting down artichokes. So in the 30s, this was like a huge problem with the artichokes. And so Mayor LaGuardia was like, this ends now. And so he banned artichokes in New York City. And within three days, he rounded up everybody responsible. He broke the extortion racket and then you could have artichokes again. But like, isn't that wild?
1: That is so wild. That would be a fantastic Godfather movie.
0: For sure. (laughs) So artichokes. So the question today is, how do you eat them? Classic globe artichokes.
1: I'm still really enjoying this uh, Italian histoire. I, (laughs) I usually get them already, you know, in a jar.
0: okay. You've never been served like here's a artichoke on a plate. Uh, we see all the the petals with and- all the
1: petals and the flowers and then I make it into a a, a lapel flower? No, I haven't. Oh. <laughs>
0: Okay, so artichokes, globe artichokes, it is a thing that comes up. It's often an appetizer and it's served cold, it's served room temperature, it's served hot. Uh, sometimes it's served with butter, sometimes it's served with aioli or like some mayonnaise-y thing. And it's often categorized as a difficult food. So <laughs> it, is, it is in that world. So I guess it's a little passive aggressive, it's a little moody, <laughs> it's a little hard to get along with. You don't really want them around. Which I
1: can appreciate deeply.
0: And so the question is, how do you eat them? And so the answer is, it is a finger food. It is actually a finger food. And so Miss Manners says, "quote This is the classic case where you must abandon your instincts if you can even muster any, and admit that etiquette simply has to be learned, not deduced from first principles."
1: Abandon. Instincts?
0: Abandon your instincts, yes. So I think she's saying that like your instinct might be to use a fork or a knife on it, but like no. Yeah,
1: she's got that flipped. It's go back to your real <laughs> instincts.
0: <laughs> right. Ms. Manners didn't necessarily have you in mind when she wrote this. <laughs> That's or true.
1: anybody fun.
0: But uh, yes, it is technically a finger food to a point. So you start by, with your fingers, taking off one petal at a time, and then there's gonna be like a little pulpy, meaty stuff at the bottom of the leaf, and you scrape that with your teeth silently, scrape it off with your teeth, and then you set the used leaf off to the side. So that might be on a dedicated plate that is brought for this purpose, or it's just the plate that you have. And you wanna sort of do this neatly. So then you're gonna have plucked all the petals off, and then you're gonna see the choke, the choke of the artichoke. And this is sort of a hairy, fuzzy thing, and you don't wanna eat that, that's not edible. And so with a knife and a fork, you're gonna cut that off. You're gonna steady it with the fork, and you're gonna cut that choke off with your knife, and then you're gonna set the choke off to the side. Now, Amy Vanderbilt, will allow you to use your fingers to steady it as you're using your knife. But what you can't do is try to rip the choke off only with your fingers. Mm. That is not allowed. And then below that will be the heart, the artichoke heart. That's the good stuff. And so that is what you're waiting for. And that's the best part. And with a knife and fork, then you will eat that. So you'll like cut off manageable bites with that. And then you will eat that with a knife and fork like you eat other foods.
1: It's very exciting. I'm going to give it a try because I'm getting my my artichokes, you know, oiled up in jars. I want
0: to do the labor on this. Do the labor because, A, who doesn't love a finger food? I love a finger food. And also, artichokes are delicious. And also, I think people are intimidated by the artichoke because you're like, oh, what do I do with this thing? Do I want to eat it in public with other people? But I think if you just know how to eat it, which hopefully I've outlined, then like you will go forth with confidence.
1: You have outlined it beautifully.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. So uh, enjoy your artichokes. And we're back. And now it's time to go deep. Deep in somewhere I honestly have never been. Okay. So for today's question of etiquette, I want to talk about airport lounges.
1: I've seen, I've walked by them at the airport.
0: You've never been in one? No. Okay. Well, I think I want you to be prepared when we go to an airport lounge.
1: Which I may do because it comes with my credit card.
0: Yes. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to get into a lounge. And so the first thing on my list is actually know what lounges you can get into and know the rules because I have been at many lounges and you see the person at the desk yelling at the people who work there about whether or not they can get in and they're being told no and like no no one wants that and so just like no do you have the ticket for this do you have the credit card for this lounge like just know what the rules are before you go so we can avoid any fights Uh, Because if you're not eligible, you're not going to, you can't talk your way in. Like that's not an option.
1: And also let's not yell at people.
0: Also let's not yell at people. I assume
1: that those people yelling were not anybody from our Were You Raised by Wolves family.
0: Oh, definitely not. Oh, definitely not. Never. I would like to think our listeners won't ever do something that would get them trending on social media. Like I would like to think that none of our listeners will ever be videotaped in public doing something they shouldn't be doing. I think that's the bar that I want to set and hopefully we will achieve this. That's the goal of this show. That's the goal. Don't become a hashtag. That's the goal of the show. That's the goal of the show. Um, So the broad theme, once you get into the lounge, is that you should treat it like an open plan office. I think that's kind of the vibe, kind of a professional atmosphere. So like, if you wouldn't do it at the office, I don't think we want to be doing it in the lounge. So like, let's not like put our feet on the furniture. But could
1: we take our shoes off if we kept our feet under our chair because we need to like the movie Die Hard, make fists with our toes (laughs) when we're not flying?
0: Um, I mean, I personally would rather everybody's shoes stay on in a lounge. I'm
1: just asking, I've never been in there. Yeah, I
0: mean- I would prefer that. I definitely don't want your feet on the furniture. Well, no, I see that. I think use uh, context clues, whether or not that feels okay where you are at that moment. I do feel like shoes off, okay, maybe. Socks need to stay on. I don't think we remove our socks, all right? Oh, no. You can make that deal.
1: And obviously, you would have lovely socks on. Um not, yes, not socks mean, with holes that you're- I guess. Showing everybody your big toe. You're not, you know, these are lovely socks.
0: I mean, I don't even need them to be lovely. I, <laughs> I guess I just don't want to see your feet through the socks. How's that? Perfect. Okay, compromise. I also think like the office vibe, I think we want to keep our voices low. I think we wanna be mindful of like the things that make noise. So like you on a phone call or like you watching a movie on your laptop. So sort of like, let's keep it down or use headphones.
1: Use headphones.
0: Yeah, I mean, headphones are sort of mandatory if you're like watching a movie.
1: I haven't been in one of these places, but let me tell you, I'm hoping there's headphones.
0: I mean, everybody should have headphones. Yeah, I think that's like a standard thing people should travel with. Like you should always just have your own headphones.
1: I would like to think we could take a little baby nap in one of the chairs.
0: Yes, unlike an office, I think you're allowed to nap. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's true. I feel like I've walked by and thought, ooh, I could get a snack and a nap.
0: Yeah, you could definitely get these things. Yeah. Another thing on my list is like, I think we want to share. So like we want to share power outlets if that's required. You know, sometimes there's not enough outlets for everybody. So like sharing is caring. And I think we want to clean up after ourselves. Like, let's not be uh, animals. Let's like uh, clean up after ourselves.
1: What's the snack situation in there?
0: Depends on the lounge. Definitely depends on the lounge. Sometimes it's like, great. Like you sit down and they're actually going to bring you food based on the menu. Really? Sometimes it's going to be, yeah, yeah, this happens. Sometimes it's like going to be some weird sandwiches and you're like, I don't know if those are safe. And maybe some warm sodas in fluorescent lighting. And so- That could be the lounge. Yeah, there's a very wide range of lounge experiences available to you, for sure. Lounges also often have showers. And so if there is a shower, I think you want to just like be mindful of how much time you're taking and don't go over the allotment. And then lastly, I don't know if this is etiquette, but don't strut around. (laughs) Because there is a temptation among some people, I have seen, when you are flying in a certain class or you have access to a lounge where... You feel really good about that. And that's great. I don't want to take that away from you. But sometimes your behavior affects other people when you're like being a little too pleased with yourself that you're in first class or business class. And so sort of like, just, just like know where that line is uh, and try not to let that affect other people around you. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, it when you see it and you're like, Okay. No peacocking. <laughs> no peacocking, yeah. And I think we just want to check ourselves. It's like, yes, I'm delighted that I'm going to be in the front of the plane or I'm delighted that my credit card allows me to have access to these snacks for the next 90 minutes. But that doesn't make you better than everybody else in the lounge or airport. And so let's just kind of keep that in mind.
1: I visualize previous episode, we talked about throwing flags down for people. Right. This would be the, a peacocking flag when you see it.
0: Yes. Maybe this yes. is more of
1: like a thing you hand to somebody.
0: Uh, Peacocking. Peacocking. Let's just uh, take it down a notch. (laughs) Related to this, I think if you're an Instagram influencer um, and you feel like you need to do a photo shoot in the lounge, just do it in a way that doesn't like affect other people. Uh, I've definitely seen some very elaborate photo shoots (laughs) happening in like the Delta Sky Lounge at Kennedy. And it's sort of like, I don't know what this is, but, like, you're actually blocking the coffee maker. So can I just, like, can I just get an Americana real quick? And then, like, you can go back to whatever it is you're doing. Like, thank you. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. So I I mention it because, like, I've seen it happen. And it's sort of like, oh, come on. Sometimes don't you just wish the internet would crash? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, many times. Yeah. I I mean, fingers crossed. (laughs) So... So we need to get you in a lounge. I think we need to go somewhere together, Leah.
1: Well, I've been pushing for us going somewhere together, and you have been, let's be honest, emotionally dragging your feet and slightly terrorized (laughs) by the idea.
0: Uh, Yeah, but I think we all need to overcome our fears. And so I'm willing to do so. And so where, where do we want to go, Leah? Where are we going? Finland? Okay, I've not actually been to Finland. When I walk into the lounge,
1: I'm going to say to the person working, up, this is my first time in a lounge, just so they know how excited I am. <laughs> and then I'm going to take three selfies with you in the back, uh-huh. shaking your head, upset. Okay.
0: <laughs> ah! <laughs> Great. Can't wait. And now it's time for Intermezzo.
1: Intermezzo.
0: So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV and Acorn TV offers world class mysteries, dramas, comedies and documentaries from Britain and beyond. So on your recommendation Leah, I started watching Happy Valley. Yes,
1: and now you see how the title is ironic. <laughs> yeah, and also
0: so much is going on in this town. So
1: much is going on. We already we started at 10.
0: So our first question is, quote, have you heard of a wedding gift opening party? What is this? Who's invited to it? Who hosts? And when is it held?
1: I hadn't, but I have Google.
0: So I was not super aware of this. And so I have also Googled it. And so um, I have thoughts. I feel like
1: even Google was like, you may have not heard of this.
0: Yeah. Most of Google was like, this is a thing that only takes place in certain places. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the three of us were all on the same page. Exactly. So what this is, is basically a thing that takes place typically the day after the wedding. So like the Sunday after where you get together with all of your family and friends and you open all of your wedding gifts together, sort of like a bridal shower, but it's just like your wedding gifts and the day after the wedding.
1: And it seems sort of brunch timey from my Google
0: results. Yes, it feels like instead of like the day after brunch, which is fairly common, this is now the brunch plus, sort of an enhanced brunch. And in terms of like who's invited, I guess it's just close family and friends.
1: But I wouldn't like put it out there so people felt like they weren't getting invited. Just, hey, are you going to the after opening party? No, I'm not invited.
0: No, that's true. I guess what's a little tricky or confusing to me is that very often after the wedding, there's going to be like the day after brunchy thing, which is often for people coming in from out of town. It's sort of like a, a send off. And so I like those because they're like casual and it's often like a drop in, like, oh, I'm going to get a cup of coffee and a pastry and say goodbye to everybody. And then like go back to the airport kind of idea. And- I think if you have this opening party, then that becomes like the whole thing. And now it's a much bigger event and I can't like just drop in or you're not gonna invite everybody to it. And so then, yeah, you are gonna exclude people from it. And then it's like, oh, I don't love that.
1: Yeah, I do like that morning after breakfast.
0: Oh, it's very nice. Cause it's like cash, which it's is casual, like nice. You
1: come in, you show up. Hey, 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 hey. Congratulations again. This was
0: wonderful. Yeah, grab a scone and then get in your rental car. And another thing that sort of catches my eye about this is that we are now opening all the wedding presents. Okay, but that means we have saved all the wedding presents we've received until this party. And a lot of times people send gifts way before the wedding, you know, six months before the wedding, three months. And so does that mean that all of these people have not received a thank you note yet? I think that's what that means.
1: Well, on top of that, Mm. a lot of weddings I've been to are not where the people getting married live. I've sent their wedding present to their home so they don't have to carry it back to them from wherever we are.
0: Right. I mean, I guess this must take place in places where your home is sort of near where the wedding took place.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's a very specific circumstance. It's like if you live where you are, it's a smaller group of people who aren't traveling back the next day.
0: And I guess it's the same guest list as like the rehearsal dinner. I guess maybe that's like the same guest list. Yeah, that seems right. And then who hosts this thing? So it seems like the bride and groom are actually the hosts. Kind of feels like they're the hosts. Or I guess it's a close family member.
1: And this doesn't seem like it's so widespread that it's something that's expected of you. I feel like this is something that you really are into.
0: Yes. Or perhaps it is expected in certain places. Um, But yeah, this is definitely not like the standard in the United States.
1: I don't know why I'm worried about all the people who feel like they weren't invited. I would say close friends, people from the rehearsal dinner. But if somebody else was talking about it in front of somebody else, I would say, oh, hey. You're obviously welcome to come.
0: And then I guess a lot of times you get cash as gifts or checks. And I guess I don't think I want you opening envelopes of cash in front of me at a party. Right? Like, I guess I'm okay with KitchenAid Mixer, but like wad of cash from Uncle Tony. I don't want you like counting the bills.
1: I don't know. Have you seen Goodfellas? You you say (laughs) thank you. You put it in a bag. Okay.
0: All right. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah.
1: Side note, I love that movie, but that's the scene where I stop watching it. Okay. (laughs) I like to watch up until the wedding and then I bounce because- And then you don't know what happens. I know what happens. And I like to believe that if I stop watching it there, that's where it ends. I see. So did we answer the question for the letter writer? I feel like my answer is that it seems like it's appropriate to do what you want to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's bad etiquette to do this party, but it's not required. And so I guess do it if you want to do it or not if you don't want to do it.
1: If you want to have a gift opening party, it's according to the internet web searches. It is the Mm -hmm. next day. It's sort of at a brunchy time and it's uh, the people that would be at the rehearsal dinner.
0: Yeah, so there you go. So, our next question is quote, my wife and I recently went to our favorite local restaurant and went to the bar for drinks and dinner. There are eight seats at the bar and one couple was seated at one end, but another couple was seated at the other end with one open seat between them and the end of the bar, leaving an uneven set of three seats in the middle. The bar at this restaurant usually fills up. So I wanted to tell the other couple to move down so we could make space in case another couple came. My wife told me to let it go. And fortunately, the one seat beside us was taken by a single person. How should I have handled this situation? Is it standard etiquette when sitting at a bar for dinner to not leave a buffer seat between you and the next person? Or just leave it to chance, and if another couple came, have them rearrange the seating?
1: I think if there is a buffer seat to be taken, take it. But if there's not a buffer seat to be taken, I wouldn't take it upon myself to rearrange the people sitting at the bar.
0: Right. And just so we're all on the same page, this is what I'm picturing. We have person, person, seat, 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 person, person, seat, right? Yes. So we have a couple, three empty seats, a couple, and then there's an empty seat at the end. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I mean... I think you can always request someone shifts down when the need arises. But I think the problem here is that we're anticipating something that has not happened yet.
1: On the nose. There's only two of you and there's three seats open. And I don't think it would be appropriate to say, hey, can you shift down in case two other people come in the future? Also, we don't know what just happened. There could have been a person sitting there. They just left.
0: And not everybody goes to a bar in pairs. Like some people just want one seat. Well,
1: as, as shown by a single person came and took the seat in between them, there may be another single person who took the seat at the end. We don't know what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. So I think in general, it is nice to like move down if necessary at a bar to make room. But I don't think we have to anticipate the potentiality of it all.
1: And I think if there's a buffer seat to take, we take it. If there isn't, then it doesn't matter. We just, I I think people sitting at a bar know that a part of sitting at the bar is that you're going to be close to people. Yeah, I think that's it. So I think we, we solved it. We wouldn't tell the person to move down in anticipating other people coming. We would just seat ourselves. And then if something came up later, we would. Deal with
0: it then. And I actually, we would probably leave it to the people walking up to the bar needing the seats to have the conversation with the people about shifting around. Be like, hey, there's going to be actually three of us. Do you mind shifting down a seat? And like, that's a conversation for them all to have. As just fellow diners at the other end of the bar, I I don't think you need to get involved even then. Yeah, I wouldn't get involved. So do you have questions for us about anything? Let us know. You can let us know through our website, where you're raisedbywolves.com, or you can leave us a voicemail or send us a text message, 267-CALL-RBW And we're back. And now it's time to play a game we like to call Vent or Repent.
1: Vent or Repent.
0: Which is our opportunity to vent about some bad etiquette experience we've had recently, or we can repent for some etiquette faux pas we've committed. So, Leah, would you like to vent or repent?
1: I'm going to vent, and, you know, I've been trying to let this go.
0: Okay. Because I
1: didn't want to vent about it.
0: (laughs) Okay. But you couldn't
1: make that happen. But I—I I mean, it just comes up when I'm driving. It pops into my head, and I get angry. So I was like, I gotta—I okay. gotta put it somewhere.
0: All right, put it here. What do we got?
1: So it's possible I've discussed it with you. Okay. But for our lovely listeners, here's what happened. There was a surprise birthday party. Mm-hmm. People were talking about it around me, and I was like, oh, that's hurtful. In my inside voice, I thought, oh, that's hurtful I'm not invited and people are talking about it around me. But then it kept happening and I thought, maybe I've been invited and I didn't know it. So I have already searched my inbox. Maybe I missed an invite. Then I was like, I really didn't. Then one of these people who've been talking about me called and said, hey, you haven't responded to the invite to this party. (laughs) And I felt So nice inside. I was like, oh, I I have been invited, you know? Right. So then I said, oh, I never got it. And she said, oh, okay. So then she put me on an email with the people hosting the surprise party. So- the person who it's for is not on this email. It's the people hosting. Right,
0: as as they shouldn't be, if it's a surprise As party. they shouldn't be. So a friend is like, oh, you weren't invited. Let me make sure you get the invite again. I'm going to send a note to the host, including you on the email, and being like, oh, Leah needs to get the invite. Yes. Okay.
1: And I'm on the email. I'm right there. I'm right. in the conversation. Mm-hmm. The woman who apparently is running this sh- shindig um, replies all and writes about me, even though I'm on the thing. She did get the email. I can see from my end that not only did she get it, but it's been opened. Oh. So I well, don't respond aggressive. to say, hey, I've already checked my spam, my junk, my trash, uh-huh. because I was so, and then I even went to a place where I was like, is somebody else on my email? I'm absolutely sure I didn't get it. Right. But I don't, I'm not going to engage because this is not about me or her. It's about this other person who's having a surprise party. So. Yeah. I call my friend. I say, hey, I'm going to take myself off that email. <laughs> I don't need to be. I said to her, because I'm extremely aware of other people. I feel like I try so hard not to be. I know if I got an email or not. I'm not the one.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, no, also, it's a, yeah.
1: I, I was like, <laughs> I don't know why you could have just said to me, I'm on the email. Hey, so sorry. But it looks like on my end, you got it. Maybe. And then just asked.
0: Well, because the way it was phrased was like, oh, no, you're a liar.
1: You're a liar. You're a
0: lying liar.
1: Which I won't even lie about, like, liking, you know what I mean? I, I right. You
0: know me. Well, and here's the thing about, like, the open email notifications. There's a lot of things that can trigger that. Like a spam filter can open an email, quote unquote, and that can actually trigger that, which was like, oh, it looks like it was opened, but it wasn't you. It was like the spam filter, like, double checking it. And so it was like, you don't necessarily actually have to open an email for it to trigger that. Those aren't like 100% reliable.
1: Which I also wanted to reply all and be like, here's the things that it could have been on your end. But I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm I'm rising above. So then I just take myself off the email. I tell my friend again, hey, I d- never got it. If you just want to text me what the info is, I don't, this doesn't need to be a big deal. Yeah. Then the original person who wrote to me as if I wasn't on the email resends the email but then writes at the top of it so this gets brought back to the top of your inbox. Doubling Ooh. down like just okay. let it go. <laughs> a I didn't get it. I'm a hundred percent sure. I, I don't would know. put Are you lying? money on it. I would put, you know how I feel about lying. I've gone out of my way to be an honest person, even if it works against me. And then now you're going to double down and say up at the top of your inbox, I don't know <laughs> this woman, <laughs> but I'm going to make eye contact with her this weekend. And I don't know how I'm not going to say something because she's accused me of lying.
0: I mean, you opened it, Leah. I saw that you did.
1: I cannot.
0: Yeah, that's pretty aggressive. It's
1: so aggressive. Just let it go.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so aggressive for something that's so low stakes. And so it's sort of like the proportionality is a little off.
1: Even if I thought you opened it and I was like, oh, you probably missed it. You know what I mean? I would just be like, okay, I'll resend it.
0: Yeah, it really needs to be that. What's the big deal? Non-judgmental, value neutral. Okay, here's the link again. Also, you don't
1: know what's going on in my life. You know what I mean? What if I'm in a... I'm having the worst week of my life and you can't just re forward something like I'm really, it's really bothered me.
0: Yeah, no, I I could see that. I mean, I'm sorry that something like this, which is, I mean, a little trivial, Has gotten you-
1: I think it bothers me because it's, I don't ever ask anything of anybody. Literally, and the first time I ask somebody to re-forward an email, it's a problem.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm sorry this happened to you. And I
1: know it's so low stakes. Let me just say one more. I know it's very low stakes, but that's, Uh it's just, huge things have not bothered me as much as this. I just don't understand why she had to be so trivial.
0: Yeah. All right, well, I will see your low stakes and I will lower them even lower with my (laughs) bet today which I actually think is even more trivial than yours. It is about people who don't tuck in their chairs when they stand <laughs> up and leave a table. I've just... I've noticed this like 20 times over the past week and it's sort of like, what is happening? Am I just noticing it more or are we actually experiencing an epidemic of not pushing in our chairs? Mm. Like, is it something in the air right now? So I was in a restaurant last night and the person at the table next to me got up from the table and as you do, you uh, slide back with your chair when you stand up and most people would put the chair back. You slide it back under the table. But this person didn't do that. And now you have a chair in the middle of a New York City restaurant, which is a tight space. And the room that we have available to walk around is about a chair width. And so this person just left their chair in the middle of the restaurant and just like walked off to the bathroom. And it's sort of like, do you think someone else is gonna like tuck this in for you? Uh, This is not that kind of restaurant. Like, it's it's not a fancy restaurant. It's a casual cafe kind of vibe. And so, like, you are responsible for your own chair tucking. And so it was just, like, in the middle. And it's, like, people actually couldn't get around it. And, like, somebody else trying to go to the bathroom actually, like, tucked it in like you do. And it's sort of, like, okay. But, like, that's rude.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I can't even. I see an untucked chair. I tuck it. It's It seems visually off You know what I mean? It's it goes under weird. the table.
0: I mean, it's sort of like driving into a parking lot and instead of like picking a parking space, I'm just going to like stop and I'm going to like open up my car doors and I'm not even going to close my car doors <laughs> and then I'm going to go into the store. And they're sort of like, no, that's, we got to, there, there's a little more involved here. We got to like uh, contain ourselves yeah I, one I 100% agree with this. Yeah.
1: You know, this goes into the list that we've been talking about with our Patreon, which is, why can't you just, you know what I mean? Yeah. These are such simple kill you things. <laughs>
0: Push in the chair. Just push in the chair. How hard is this? Ah, Right. So I think this gets added to the list of like, could you please? With almost no effort involved. Like basically zero effort. Right. So that's my event today. Very low stakes. But I just want everybody to be a little more mindful over the next week or for the rest of your life to just tuck in your chairs. That's it. Just do
1: it. I even tuck in my chairs at home. Yes. Because like, are
0: you feral? No. (laughs) Tuck in your chairs, people.
1: I'm almost feral. And I'm still
0: tucking in my chairs. So if Leah (laughs) Bonham can do it, everybody can do it. (laughs) (laughs) So Leah, what have we learned?
1: I learned this incredible gang warfare history over artichokes.
0: Right. Isn't that fun?
1: It's so fun. And then I learned how to eat them properly. And I learned that you
0: have never been to an airport lounge.
1: Never. And I can't wait.
0: I'm going to take you, Leah.
1: And we're going to have snacks.
0: <laughs> we will definitely have snacks. I promise it.
1: And if Nick Layton promises, it's going to happen.
0: Well, thank you, Leah.
1: Thank you, Nick.
0: And thanks you, Heather, for listening. I'd send you a handwritten note to my custom stationery if I could. He would. So for your homework this week, we want you to send us your questions. Send us your vents. Send us your
1: repents. You could even send us your aftermaths. And we'll take it
0: via email, text, DM, just send it to us. We would so love to hear it. We would. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. All right, Leah, it's time for Cordials of Kindness, the part of the show that you make us do, but I only give you 30 seconds to do it. Ready, set, go.
1: So you know that I'm trying to visit as much of California and all of its extraordinary gifts it has to offer. Right. And this week, a friend took me to a hot spring. Ooh. So I just wanted to say thank you so much to Nina. That was so wonderful and fun and restorative.
0: Oh, very nice. And for me, we just got a great voicemail and it's quote. I was recently hosting my in-laws and my husband's extended family. And that's always tough because we have very different expectations and etiquette. But I've been married for 25 years and I know the deal. So when all the guests arrived, I was finishing some things upstairs and my daughter came up to get me and she said, you need to come downstairs, everyone's here. And I was doing some eye rolling and just putting it off. And she looked at me and she said, mom, remember what Nick said remember your training. And it was just really funny and it snapped me totally out of it. And it was so true. So I just wanted to call and I wanted to say thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, that's so fun. Isn't that fun? Yes. So I'm glad uh, somebody remembered their training and was (laughs) able to endure uh, a day with their in-laws and extended family. So thanks. This really made my day. That's a real fun one.